think I just kept trying. And I think having children who are also into art and you see how they create. And once they reach a certain, well, before they reach a certain age, they don't really judge what they do, if it's good enough or not. They just do it. And I was inspired by that and thought, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Wish I could do that. And they don't go, oh no, it's rubbish. Whereas if we feel that our work doesn't look right, we go, oh, that's not good. I'm not going to put it out there. And so I think that just inspired me seeing their creativity and I just thought well if if they can do it I can do it and if nobody likes it it doesn't really matter because I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying the process and this is what I enjoy and if I keep doing it I'm sure it will get better and better and better. Hey it's Margot Tantow here welcome to Windowsill Chats a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Windowsill Chats. If it is the first time you're tuning in, welcome. We have all sorts of really interesting conversations here and today's is no different. Just have to say, um, as I record this introduction for Lucinda Kidney, I am looking out, I live on an island in the Pacific Northwest, and I just want to give you a little visual. I'm looking east and the clouds are the softest pink. It's kind of a chilly day even though it's spring and the pink is reflecting over the water. And there's about, I don't know, 500 different greens out there and grays and blues and pinks. And it's gorgeous. Wish I could have you all over to chat in person. Today, I am really happy to bring you a wonderful chat with Lucinda Kidney. Lucinda is an English artist from Surrey in England, whose work is inspired by nature, the history of found objects and family heirlooms. She carries on a rich family legacy of exploration and discovery. Her great-grandfather was a renowned botanist and professor of botany in South Africa, and her great-great-grandfather was a linen dealer. What fantastic things to find out. It's this sort of information that Lucinda taps into when she's stuck or wanting inspiration, and she has found that it inspires her deeply. And I love how she came to this, and we talk a lot about that. Lucinda's art conveys a nostalgic yet modern charm, giving the viewer a certain comfort, belonging, and a certain stillness as well. And I really agree with that statement. We have a great discussion. We talk a lot about things like how you find your way when, you, when you're when you in corporate or, or very sort of, I don't know, 
technical hardline graphics? And how do you step away from that and find your kind of inner style, your inner spirit again? And and what inspired that? As I mentioned, um, her family history and childhood and life in Kenya growing up and how that contributes. So there's great stories there. It's just a wonderful conversation. I've admired Lucinda's work since I first saw it, oh, I don't know, five or six years ago. So I'm really, really delighted to have this conversation. Thank you, Lucinda, for being here. And away we go. Hello, Lucinda. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just always love to find out a little bit about like how long you've thought you wanted to do the the work that you do. Did you do something else before? Did you always draw when you're a kiddo? Did you have creative parents? How'd that all unfold for you? Yep. So I've always drawn since I was tiny. I've got a photo of me sitting down on the grass with you know, I was probably about four or five with some felt tip pens and paper. Um, so I do remember just being creative. I used to make my own. As I got older, I made my own clothes and things like that. Um, and then I wanted to be an artist, but it was not really encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I did graphic design instead. That sounds familiar. I that was yeah. my my path as well, although it changed. Isn't that so? Did you do that in uni? Did you do graphic design? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Kenya, and then when I was about eleven, we moved to South Africa, and finished high school there, and then moved and and did um, went down to Durban to do graphic design, um, and then worked in that industry for a while. Moved to the UK and worked over here. Did, did you move for for work wise? Just thinking that's where no, you wanted no, to be. No, I just um, wanted an adventure. My father lived in the UK in London. Well, not in London. Sorry, he lived in the West Country. Um, yeah, and I just had saved up enough money to go backpacking. So nice. came here to see my dad, and then went backpacking for a few months. Came back, got some work, saved up some more money, went backpacking, nice. and um, ended up back here. And had only planned to live in the UK for a year and then go back to South Africa, but figured I needed London experience. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then I ended up meeting my husband in the UK, who is South African as well. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and then we just settled here. Didn't, you know, we're still here. We, we did a five-year stint in America as well. Mm-hmm, that's right. Um, but we, yeah. So did you, when you moved to London did you continue doing graphic work yeah I I worked um so I started freelance and then I worked for a few agencies and then went back to freelance in it so it was a lot of corporate literature some property development companies tech companies yeah uh, mostly their brochure corporate literature annual reports and accounts and things like that that sort of stiff graphic design is just the way I think about it, where it's not (laughs) creative and somebody has to lay out those brochures and yearly annual reports and somebody has to do it. Yeah. So that's where I cut my teeth on Photoshop and it was back in those days, it was also a bit of cut and paste, the old school way. Yeah. Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was there for that. So did you, but were you continuing to sort of draw on your own or did that sit dormant for a while? It just sat dormant and um, I just didn't have time for it. And then, yeah, I just I, I, I just didn't really know 
what to do or how to get back into it. And everything was done on the computer. So I just, you know, learned um, Photoshop. And it was before the Illustrator days. I think it was uh, Macromedia Freehand, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And a, a long break. And it was only in about 2014 when I started drawing again. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that happens to so many people. And and also, I think those of us that have been part of, you know, graphics or part of part of doing work, putting creative work out into the world for a long time, really did learn Photoshop from the ground up and Illustrator from the yeah. ground up. Um, and you know, so, you know, we're rubbing on Letraset stripes and things in the, in the early days, but not to, not to date us. I just think that's, it's really interesting. The, the muscle memory you have for those, the way, the way that those programs work and work together and, and then now procreate and things like that and how, how it all comes together. We didn't necessarily stop and think, oh, maybe I'll sit down and paint this thing. It just, you got so used to using a cursor to get things done that yeah, exactly it it just and it was quicker to do it that way and so I found like especially when the iPads came out and I kept you know whenever I went into the Apple store I'd say can't we just have Photoshop on the iPad it would be so much easier <laughs> totally um, and anyway they do now but um I just found and then it was a difficult because I was so used to doing everything um, digitally with a you know stylus or a mouse Um, and then trying to sort of I was almost terrified of drawing by hand again or Mm -hmm. painting again yeah so it was a lot of trial and error and experimentation and trying to bridge you know that gap and kind of bring them together and so then I would do this hybrid stuff um, but sometimes I, I just desperately want to paint, uh, but I knew it would be quicker to do it digitally. But then I'd be frustrated doing it digitally because I knew that I really want, you know, had this urge to paint. So it was this constant battle between the two. And somehow sort of I persevered. And I think now I'm quite happy to go easily between the two and combine them and um, and so on. And obviously Procreate's made life so much easier now. So. Yes, for sure. And, but I think that's, that's a really relatable sort of fence to cross, if you will, because it, it, there, you come to that point where you're like, well, it's so much easier. I know how to do this this way. I mean, even with people who have just started digitally with Procreate, it's so much easier. I know how to do it this way, but I love to paint. I, I think about the people that are doing sketchbooks like Lisa Congdon's going back to mm. drawing in her sketchbook this year. And um, uh, there's just, there's a lot of, of that going on analog and, and I love to see that. But in, when you started doing that again, of course, then you can add that to your work, but we come to that point where it's like, can I really do this? Am I going to be any good at it? Am I going to remember how I, I know plenty of people that, that are, won't, they're so good and so proficient at their work on Photoshop or Illustrator or whatever. And they have 
spent their life drawing, but don't take that leap to say, I really could do this. And you, you've done it so well. You've done it so well. Your work, your work is amazing. I love it so much. So if you have to, like, if you're going to give yourself a creative day, what would that look like? So on an, uh, my ideal creative day would be, so my workspace <clears throat> at where I'm currently speaking from is very, very tiny, but I've set up this, um, one of those desk sort of easels. It's about um, A2 size. And um, I would probably just use A4, small, you know, A4 paper, some gouache and things, but generally I prefer to spread out on the dining room table. So I'll, cover that with a um a white clean tablecloth that I just use for art and messy work and I take my um standing in my desk easel there um yeah and I just spread my paints out and um, mixed media materials got um pencil crayons and um, pastels and things like that um use my ipad um to put uh to display my references and things like that um yeah, and just just get stuck in. That would be my ideal day. And in, in an ideal world, I'd do that every single day. <laughs> that um, sounds perfect. <laughs> How often do you get to have a day like that? Um, probably about once a week. So I'd like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sort of make it so that it's every day, but it doesn't always happen, unfortunately. Yeah, it that's so good. I mean, and that's just a little reminder. Um, even if it is the dining room table, I, I, I have no room in my house either. And I had a creative project, uh, course that I did this weekend and I needed a full table for it because of what it was. And, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. My son was like, seriously, <laughs> you just put a table in the kitchen. I was like, I mean, like in front of the stove. Yeah, I know. It'll only be here a few days, <laughs> but it's so nice to like spread out. Yeah, my boys like art as well. So I'm often, um, you know, doing art projects with them too. And I have done since they were tiny. Um, so, yeah, we're used to making art messes. Now, I could happily make an art mess and clean it up. It's it's baking, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough, that I don't really like making a baking mess and cleaning that up. No, I don't mind that, my, that the table's in front of the stove for a few days. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me a little bit, remind me a little bit about your time in the States, what you did then. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, my husband was relocated to, well, to Manhattan for work and I was five months pregnant with my eldest at the time. So that was what in, I don't know, 2002, I think it was, um, so that was quite an adventure. We just thought, well, why not? We'd been given this opportunity um, and lived there for five years and had my second son there as well. Um, and it was a bit surreal. The day after we arrived, we were sitting in the middle of Central Park on a bench, me with my big belly and, <laughs> and just looking around us thinking, can't believe we're here. We How feel we like we're here? in a movie. I yeah. <laughs> so fun though and it was uh yeah it was a late summer so the weather was still lovely and um this random person just walked by and started chatting to us and asked us what and heard our accents I think and asked what we were doing there 
Aww. And she was just really sweet and just wished us all the best and <laughs> walked <Aww>. off. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what a night, what a perfect welcome. It was. We found everybody very welcoming um, and loved living there. It was a fantastic time in our lives. Yeah. It's such a melting pot. I, I was always afraid. I grew up on the West Coast in Northern California and I was so afraid of, not afraid, but I always thought New York, it's going to be all, you know, rough and tough. And how would I ever fit in? And I, I, um, I took a surface design course where we do everything, drop your pizza and everything painted it all by hand. And she said, if you ever want to make it in this career, you have to move to New York. So I remember thinking, oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. But then when I finally did move to New York, I thought, what, what, what was I thinking? Cause it's such a, there's people from everywhere and everybody's welcoming and you're not moving into some clicky place where everybody's grown up together at all. It's just it's fantastic. I love New York. Exactly. So much. Yeah. It was, we felt like that too. And you know, even though there's sky rise buildings everywhere um, and like hundreds of people, we didn't feel like we were kind of lost in a sea of buildings and people. It just felt very welcoming. And um, it's oddly know, personal for such a big. It place. is. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Did you work at all then or did you just get to spend no. time mumming? Oh, that's so good that you got that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because tiny baby no family um yeah. around what a, um, what a great and then time i did to... think about looking for work when he was a bit older but then the second one came along, so yeah that's how that works yeah. <laughs> perfect timing yeah <laughs> so and you've you've you started again um how did you start into it did you just kind of discover that you wanted to do this and then started taking courses kind of how did you re-enter doing things by hand or or illustrating I should say yeah so um when the kids were tiny I used to do lots of projects with them um and I just knew that I wanted to get back into art and I knew the type of illustration I'd like to do but I didn't have the skills um at that stage um anymore and I, f I thought that I'd kind of forgotten how to draw as well um and so it was only when I got back when we got back to the UK um in about 2009 I decided that I wanted to try printmaking so I took a lot of classes at my local over here you have these adult education colleges um so I I, so I signed nice. up when the boys um just to give me some me time so mornings only once a week and I signed up for some printmaking classes and loved it and thought I'd pursue that and and that went on for a couple of years um and then um I think I was it must have been like 2013 or 14 I was I, I, I came across Moyo magazine mm. which yeah yeah and um that's when I saw um, an ad for the Matt's class make art that sells mm -hmm. and I looked into that and it looked I thought oh I think I need to do this <laughs> <laughs> and I did and it was such I loved it it was such a steep learning curve um, but I pushed myself and I was you know I knew what, what I wanted to achieve but nothing I did came out anything mm -hmm. like I was imagining in my head um, mm -hmm. But it was it was a great um, training ground for 
um, pushing myself and, you know, getting back into um, drawing and illustrating again. And the way Lilla teaches the classes, it was very, um, you know, breaking it all down into bite-sized pieces mm -hmm. and things like that. So it was, it, it was just a totally different perspective on how to research and things like that. Yeah. And then I think that, and then the first home decor class um, came along, which I signed up for, and that's where I met you mm -hmm. <laughs> in that yeah. class as well. And that was amazing too. And again, everything, I mean, everybody was producing this amazing work and um, I was just really pushing myself. But again, nothing was really coming out how I'd perceived it to be in my head. And yeah. it's just taken years of just, you know, pers persevering and, um, getting comfortable with using traditional materials again um, and trying to get away from the digital side of things. Yeah, I wanted, I love that you said that. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more because I, that totally happens to me and, and it stops me. Like, yeah. this is not, I don't like that. I go to, I don't like this because it's not looking like I think I want it to look instead of, oh, look at, what my hands did with what's in my brain, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. not quite sure how to say that, but so, so how, how did you kind of work through that for yourself? Um, it's hard to explain. Um, yeah. I think I just kept trying and I think yeah. having, you know, children who are also into art and you see how they create and they don't, and once they reach a certain, well, before they reach a certain age, they don't really judge what they do, if it's good enough or not. They just do it. And I was inspired by that and thought, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Wish I could do, do that. And they don't go, oh, no, it's rubbish. Whereas, you know, if, if we feel that our work doesn't look right, we go, oh, that's not good. I'm not going to put it out there. Um, and so I think that just inspired me seeing their creativity and I just thought well if if they can do it I can do it and if nobody likes it, it doesn't really matter because I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying the process and this is what I enjoy and if I keep doing it I'm sure it will get better and better and better um, but I do um, still to this day create work and then if 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 um, I think I don't like it or if I put it on social media and don't you know, I'm not too bothered by the likes, but I think psychologically you do still think, and if there's not many likes or whatever, you think, oh, nobody likes it. So I stop. And I think that mm -hmm. I've, I was just thinking about that today before I came on um, to your talk. And um, I think that's my one of my um, uh, things that stalls me is that I think it's not good enough or that nobody's going to like it. So I don't mm. post it or or I stopped doing it, whereas I shouldn't. I should just um, keep persevering because it, it's a, um, the whole process. It's an accumulation of lots of little efforts and steps. And then when you look back on things over, over a period of time, you can see how far you've come. Um, and I think that's what I've learned over the last few years as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Windowsill Workshops. What are windowsill workshops, you might ask? They are monthly live workshops featuring one of our clever podcast guests as your creative teacher. Now you can do more than just listen in on your favorite creatives. 
You can play, create, and experiment with new artistic modalities and outlets and gain hands-on knowledge from our amazing guests. Have you ever wanted to try painting with gouache? Learn the secret of a perfect pie crust? Make your own journal? Block print on a favorite pair of pants? Try paper mache or get the best tips on painted paper collage? Well, Windowsill Workshop takes place live on Zoom the third Saturday of each month at 11 o'clock Pacific Time. That's 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time. And don't worry if you're not able to attend live, though. These workshops are available for replay, so you don't have to miss out on the fun. Windowsill Workshops are new each month and give you a chance to ask questions, be in community with others, create connections, and learn a variety of new skills you may have never thought of trying your hand at before. Some of our teachers this year include Tracy English, Dale Bennett, Jennifer Orkin-Lewis, Lori Siebert, and Tom Conway. There's one each month, so that's 12 this year, and we're not going to stop there. To learn more about Windowsill Workshops and get all the details on upcoming guests, head on over to www.tantostudio.com backslash Windowsill Workshops, or just head to tantostudio.com and click on the Windowsill Workshops tab. It is never too late to try something new, so come and get creative with us. We have the most fun. You just <laughs> dropped some absolute gems of advice and, and such great perspective. I, I couldn't agree more. I just, I have to go back to what a perfect time for you to be kind of diving in when you had, when your kids were young and you could say, and you could see that you could say, oh my gosh. And it's so true. I mean, we can all take ourselves there, whether we have kids or not, it's, it's that childlike wonder or, or, or looseness, or I don't know, not caring. And, oh, just to remember that and capture that and think, what, what would that feel like? And it directly relates too to saying, oh, I'm, what if I post this and nobody, I'm just not going to post it because it, if you could take that childlike, I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to give this to my mom, this drawing. And and we love it so much. They're our prized possessions. So I, and I feel like those are the times when you can just not have it necessarily be, because very potentially our minds are seeing what we see in reality and we think we need to do it that way. Yeah. But what our body's doing is, is changing it up and making it unique because of, I don't know, a million reasons. Yeah. But so just that whole thread of thinking and then just to post it and get it out there and keep doing that work that is coming out the way it is. That's what, that's where the uniqueness actually comes from. Yeah. And it took, it's taken a long time to sort of realize that because on this whole journey, since I started wanting to get back into art since 2009, you know, I kept thinking, well, well what, what, what's my golden thread or whatever you call it what's what's the thing that ties all my work together and I didn't have that and it was only and you know lots of people say you got to find your passion or you got to find your why and I'm but I don't know I don't know what that answer is and I, I just know that I enjoy creating and being creative whether it's taking photos or you know drawing something or make a collage or whatever but I I've never been able to answer that you know why or passion question and I found that quite 
in a way debilitating yeah and then one day I just thought right I'm not even going to think about that anymore I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing and putting it out there and just keep going and then it was um I think it was about 2018 or maybe it was the year before Victoria Johnson did her first explore florals class yeah which I took yeah and then I thought well everyone's sort of doing similar looking um flowers and what have you and I mean I know we were supposed to be doing flowers and things but I thought how can I make this unique to me what can I do um and I have for years and years and years been interested in my family history and my family can't really tell me too much about you know and you know little stories get passed down over the decades and things get lost in sort of translation and so on Um, But with the internet becoming, well, with more information being put onto the internet, um, every year I find out more and more. And um, so it was through this family history research that I was doing around about the same time I was taking Victoria's class. um, I I, um, learned that one of my ancestors, so my great-great-grandfather on the mother's side, was a botanist. And um, he originated from um, a German town and... His father before him was um, a, a linen dealer. Mm, and wow. um, and so I thought, well, let me... And there was a picture on the internet of, you know, him. Uh, so I thought, well, let me just do a quick little watercolour. And at that point, I was still dabbling in getting back into using gouache and watercolour and paint. It was still that time period when I was transitioning from digital to wanting to do more hands-on work. And so I thought before I went to bed, I thought, no, no, I just have to, have to, have to get this picture done. And it, it just sort of popped out. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, um, and then I, I, I painted some of his flowers and put that together. And I think that year I'd also been back to South Africa to visit family. And um, I saw my cousin had some of his um my great-grandfather's books mm. and there was some of his own handwriting in there um so I just took some snaps on my iPhone and incorporated that and just created this little piece of artwork and is I that think the that's... one that's on the front page of your website um where he's it, on the or part of that series where he's on the left in the ring of flowers yes. and then the, yeah amazing. yes yes yeah and uh yeah and then that's and that's when the sort of penny dropped and I I realized, okay, so this is what I need to be doing. This is my kind of golden thread. And um, it's, so I've sort of um, uh, made that more into not just about me, but because I'm also interested in visiting historic homes and, and, and gardens and things like that. So I thought, well, maybe I could create art that's based around heritage and um, I'm also concerned about the you know effects of climate change on the natural world and yeah so I thought I would but but that is such a great inspiration I mean obviously it it hit a chord for you it struck a chord and it's very cool that it's your family history but like you said it, it doesn't even need to be natural surroundings the historical things around us make up a history. I just, it's obviously made such a difference in your focus and what you, you love to draw those things anyway, but to have it be able to tell a story for you, that just, it 
what a, what a great way to kind of find that. Because like you said, we're, we're all told we have to, or, you know, it's the, I don't know if I should call it a trend, but the finding your why that that's a thing. Right. And I, I've struggled with the same thing, but I don't have just a why, but those to, but really this is a golden thread for you. And it's, it's visible in a very kind of large umbrella kind of way in your work, but how nice to have that thread for you where you can go back to that place that feels really comfortable and meaningful. And it makes sense to you. Um, I would think when the page is blank, you just have to take yourself there and, and you come up with something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And if I forget that, or, you know, I've always got that piece of artwork to remind me and to bring my focus back. Yeah. I love that so much. And growing up in Kenya too, with the wildlife and the animals, I mean, that's an experience that most of us can't relate to, but to have that sort of in your muscle memory must affect your beautiful work as well. Yeah, it was lovely. I mean, there were great times and our school was, we had to get a bus to school. It was right opposite Nairobi National Park. So every oh, day wow. we used to see wildlife on the way to school. Oh um, not lions and things because they were more deeper into the bush, but we'd see zebra and giraffe and antelope and things like that. And one day um, we had to be locked down in our classrooms because two lion had escaped from the national park onto the school rugby pitches. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and the game rangers had to come and sleeping dart them and take them back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Keep the kids in. When I was growing up, we had to hide <laughs> under our desks for earthquake. Really? <laughs> Well, they weren't happening, but we would have a drill. You know, it's an earthquake drill. drill. Yeah, yeah. The, lion, the lions have escaped. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. You know, we are we are a sum of our of our parts. It's pretty cool. But that but those are the things that I I always try and and remind people. It's the story. Nobody has your story. Nobody has that yeah. mix in the very same way that you did. Even if somebody had a great grandfather for a botanist and they grew up driving about. They might not have had the lines you know, you, ha we all have yeah. our paths and, and to let those things inform us a bit, whether they were comfortable things or not, it still can inform what you stand for and, and the art that you, that you do and what you're, you know, what you're drawn to create. And I love that. I think, I think that's the best part. And when it comes to sharing things, that's another good thing to remember is nobody has the experience that you have so share away That's true. you know <laughs> yeah and 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 um sort of touching on that point too in terms of style because a lot of people I see a lot of questions from people about well I don't know what my style is I don't know how to find my style and I used to ask those questions and think about that a lot too um and then I just realized well actually your style or my style is what comes out of my hands so it's, a, it's a combination of what your story is what your history is and what you like looking at and what things inspire you um but it's also how you naturally draw things or paint yes. things or things like that and so I would say to people that that's your style you don't you know you don't have to find the style it's it's, it's, it's already there, there. <laughs> you might feel like you need to practice it a bit but yeah, it's, it's fully there. I mean, you just have to peel back the layers really. Definitely. Yeah. And that's, 
and that, you know, that goes back to saying, you know, what was coming out of your hands wasn't what was in your head, but surprise, <laughs> you know, it's well, still with a lot of practice. It eventually, <laughs> yeah. eventually gets there. Ira Glass saying about this, the, the, this, you've got yeah. the taste or whatever. And <laughs> I love that Ira Glass quote. I'll have to dig mm. that up. Oh, that's so good. So as you started, um, drawing more and illustrating more and, and loving that, how did you, did you think like, how would, how did you start to interweave that into your work life or your daily life? How did, did you feel like, Oh, I want to get an agent right away. Or how did that sort of unfold for you? Um, I think I just picked, you know, once I got comfortable with drawing again, I just draw every day. So I don't post everything. Um, But I and some days I don't post anything at all because once again I I, I got a bit disillusioned with um, the whole social media and I found that it was um, stopping me from yeah. creating what I wanted to create. It was almost like I was having to create something to put on social media. Yeah. So I, I I sort of took a back seat on that. But I, I draw every day. I, I even if it's just a quick sketch with a biro on a piece of paper. But you know I've also I use my iPad or um a sketchbook just some something every day I love that I definitely don't think we need to be posting if we don't feel like it that's one of the things that um this I'm about to to actually uh co-teach the social media course on this very thing um it's about doing it your way. Like I will go weeks without feeling like I might be posting in the store, in my stories or, but I just, it's, I think it depends on what kind of person you are. It some are yeah. introverted, extroverted kind of goes along with it or have time. Don't have time. I mean, really, sometimes it comes down to that and feel like sharing that. Don't feel like sharing that. So I, mm. I think the rules need to be changed to how does it work for you? At the same time, I mean, granted, if somebody's really trying to be noticed out there in the world, that's a good way to do it. We know then the consistency and posting in a certain way and, mm. and, and you know, showing up in a certain way is key. But I think there's a lovely um, genuineness that comes along with, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like it. So I'm not going to, it, that's different than I want to, but I'm afraid to. Those are different things. You yeah, know. And, and and a lot of the time I, I wasn't sure what to say. Um, and so I thought, well, there's no point posting this if I've got nothing to say mm-hmm. or, you know, because, um, but now I try and think about it more in terms of if I'm going to post something, I think about it more in terms of what am I trying to say here? Um, how am I going to inspire somebody by posting this? And, uh, and that's what I try and do now. Yeah, and I think we... We do, I mean, I know we hear this over and over again, but if you have one follower, you're, you're inspiring someone one, that's all it takes. And that's just a really interesting thing to remember. You know, we were talking it is. before we pressed record that, um, what it's like to be on a podcast and cause I've been on a few lately and, you know, I have guests and it's kind of, it's daunting and you're thinking, what am I going to say? But I, I really approach it as. I just th- imagine what well, we've been so removed from sitting down and having a cup of coffee with somebody we'd love to get to know better. And 
and I thought about doing a podcast for so, so long before I did. And then mm. when you really think about it as I'm just going to put this out there because I like it, or I'm just going to have this conversation with somebody I think is cool and then not worry about it. Right. Yeah. And it's so inspiring. It's so inspiring to hear all the guests that I've listened to that have come onto your podcast and mm. even other podcasts. And it keeps me company when I'm working as well. And I think that's also, I, I like listening to podcasts when I'm working because I'm then not sort of overthinking what I'm working on. I'm focusing more on what I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. And then naturally I'm sort of, um, I feel a bit freer to, to create. And I need yeah. to remember that more because sometimes <laughs> I don't listen to the podcast and then I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't get inspired today or I'm, nothing's coming out right. But when I'm listening to podcasts, um, I find everything just flows a lot better. Oh, that's so good to hear. I agree. I, I listen to, but often it's when I, when I need to constant, when I need to not concentrate, but focus, cause I can't concentrate and listen to <laughs> podcasts at the same time, but I, I love listening to true crime podcasts. I, I, I love it. And, and, um, but you can't, you have to pay attention to what they're saying because you yeah. might miss something. <laughs> so I can't <laughs> be writing detail. something and listening mm -hmm. to that, but I agree any, many different kinds of podcasts. I just feel like I'm, they're so we used to only have a few station radio stations, right. That you can listen to, but now you can tune into something that that's going to inspire what you're working on or just make you think a different way. And I, I love being able to do that as well. So yeah. what would you like your next bit of your creative life to look like? Do you, do you feel like taking more classes? Are you just happy kind of being able to spread out on the dining room table? Would you like to, work more what what would that look like for you um I'm, I'm not sure i'll take more classes i am doing a royal drawing school class at the moment which mm. will be another four weeks it's one day a week um, and i do miss those when they're finished and um, this one um, so i'm interested in animals um, and wildlife and flowers and things like that so um for a couple of years now my I, i've been wanting to incorporate more of that into my work but i've been trying to get my skills and um all that kind of thing up um to the level that i want it to be at and i think i'm kind of there now yeah and so going forward i'd like to do more work create more work that encompasses all those things the natural world um and somehow try and you know raise awareness for conservation or but also at the same time to not I don't want to raise create things that is in a negative depressing way I want it to be uplifting and positive mm. and I don't want to sort of shove it down people's throats that you know species are going to be extinct right. eventually or hopefully not but um but you know so create work that they would like to buy um so I'm starting to upload work onto my website that I want to sell as prints. Good. Um, so going forward, I'd like to do more of that, um, possibly more commissions. Um, and I, I start researching um, agents or, you know, representation perhaps, um, maybe for some editorial work. I'm not quite sure. I haven't quite figured it out figured all that out yet but that's a great I mean that's a that's an admirable list I think 
And I love the way that you put it, you know, kind of bring awareness to things without, I don't know, being heavy handed. And I think Mm -hmm. as illustrators um, and artists, we have an extra leg up on that because you can draw something. I think you drew a tiger. I think it was for the year of the tiger, but you used it in a couple different ways. And I, that was, you know, those things draw our eye to them, you know, so it, it is a way to have a conversation in the way that feels right for you, I guess is what I was, yeah. where I was headed with that, Thanks. which, which is, means a lot. You know, I think that's wonderful. I also have to say, um, Lucinda has a still life from when you, were you in, when you were young, oh, it's cool. it still, yeah, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> more painting i know my gosh i found that the other day i was clearing out some um uh portfolios and i thought get dig through all these some some of them were my kids art portfolios as well but one of them had my um high school art in it which i still kept all these years later and i came across it i thought oh i can't remember (laughs) doing that isn't that funny that's inspiration I should get back to that (laughs) it's gorgeous I'll pop these on on the Instagram post but yeah so many inspiring things I really think you you're one of those people to me that that really lives it and I loved that you've you've gone the path you have and you did graphic design and know what that kind of corporate linear kind of blocky thinking has to be but then Mm. when you do it you it just it so resonates with me just the authenticity of your work it's it's really it really shines through it's beautiful oh thank you very much it's lovely to hear it's very true I could keep talking. We, we, I think we talked for practically, I don't know, quite a while before we even press record, but I just worried my headphones are going to run out. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to know who's inspiring you these days. Um, so a lot of people, so many people every day. I know it changes every day for me as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, three that sort of stand out for me at the moment. Um, Maru, I think this is how you pronounce her name, Maru Godas. She's a Spanish, I think, Spanish illustrator. And I took one of her Domestica classes. Oh, so she that's works a lot using, it. yeah, and, it, and she does a lot of work in her sketchbook using gouache or acrylic. And um, a lot of it's urban sketching. She's someone who yet. really, like, she puts out what's in her, like, it's her style is very her. It's you amazing. Know, it's, it yeah. really. Thank you for for mentioning her because I always when I get a little preview of usually not always of who people are going to say and and I just love learning about these people myself. So of course they'll be um in the show notes, but her work is so delicious. It's really that must have been a great course, yeah, was it? It was, it was. And um I know a lot of people may be put off by domestica because it, sometimes it's subtitled because it's mm. um foreign language. But it's absolutely so easy to follow, and um, I really enjoyed that course. That's a good and recommendation. Another, yeah, and then another person um, that is in, has inspired me recently is Samantha Buckley um, from the Prince's School of Traditional Arts, mm. and that's the tiger you mentioned earlier. I did that ah. on um, one of her classes. So another of my... Um, uh, one of the things that inspires me is Indian miniature painting. Oh yeah, wonderful. 
Yeah, and so she she does courses through the Prince's School of Traditional Arts where, um, and again, it was a Zoom online course, but I think she's doing them in person now as well. Um, and, and yeah, so that was sort of going through the whole Indian miniature painting process. What an interesting thing to, what an interesting filter to use, you know, just to think about it in that way. Mm. That, that and to think techniques. about the compositions and the techniques. Mm. Oh, that's a great one too. Yeah, something to check out for sure. And the third person um, that inspired me um, is Mark Cazalet. I think mm. that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and he's a tutor at the Royal Drawing School. Um, and I've done a couple of Royal Drawing School classes. The one I'm currently doing is the third one I'm doing, but the mm. two previous ones he's been a tutor on. And it's just his his way of teaching and um, everything that I just found very inspiring and his actual work as well is inspiring too. Again, super unique, really interesting use of color, combinations of color, mm. I'd say as well. Yeah, really. You know, how, how great that you found good classes there at the Royal School because you get a different approach. It's, it's very artful. There, obviously there's historical um, references to it as well. You know, I would say there's so many courses available and it used to be that to take a course like this, you had to be enrolled in school yeah. and do the whole thing. And, and that's probably why I didn't go into fine art myself because I <laughs> like, what I have to do more school. I was done with school, but then finding, finding courses like this that you could take in a few weeks and they're online yeah. or you can zoom or you can maybe pop in even that, that those are, those keep us going and, and just challenge us too. I think that's so great. These are delicious. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank you for those. That's insp I'm inspired for sure, but I'm also just inspired hearing your story and what, what you've done and how you go about it. I, it feels so real to me and I really appreciate those are my favorite kind of conversations because I feel like you've touched on things that we all can relate to with, as it be maybe a struggle or a challenge or a, you know, an aha moment. So I just, thanks for yeah, all of those rolled in. <laughs> all of those things, all of us every day for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much, Lucinda, for being here with me today. I really love it. Thank you very much for having me. It's been lovely chatting with you. It has. I, someday, maybe we can just pop down the road for that. For that actual oh, that would be amazing. Tea. It really would. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much, Margot. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantowstudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. 
Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.